Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. If you have a Bible, open it up to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, that's where we're going to be today uh, in this really, really weird story. Can I just be honest with you? There, Jesus tells us this parable, and it's just, um, I, I really don't know what to make of it. I'm going to do my best to preach it to you, but it's, it's, uh, there, there are some parts of it that are kind of just disturbing. And so, um, here we go. Uh, Luke 18, if you have a Bible, that's cool. Hopefully, you've had, by now you've had time to pull out your phone, or you pull out your Bible out of your purse, or your man bag, whatever you brought today. If none of that works, just look at the screen uh, above my head. Here we go. Luke chapter 18, uh, let's jump off verse 1, we'll wrap up with verse 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So right off the bat, we already know what this parable is about. Verse 2, he said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. So this judge is a horrible human being. Doesn't care about God. But, okay, I understand there are people like that, but he also just doesn't even care about people. Uh, And and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Now, for some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, there it is again, like, it's just a, he's not a good, nice guy, anything. Yet, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she eventually, she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, Jesus says right at the end of the story, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth. I know we just prayed, but can we pray one more time? Just to ask that God would open our ears, open our hearts that we would receive from him this morning. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, for this parable, Jesus, that you spoke to us, that you that you delivered, God. It's so full of, of meaning and purpose and revelation. Today, God, it's my prayer, Lord, that that revelation would be revealed to us, that our eyes would be open, our hearts would be ready to receive from you, and God, what you're ready to speak into our lives, we would receive it. We've asked you for miracles, and today, God, we believe you have something you want us to receive, and so I pray that our ears are open and our hearts are ready. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Do you have one of those friends that just gets on your nerves? Do you know what I mean? Like, do you have a friend that just annoys you? Anybody, like, I've got people in my life, friends in my life, people I went to college with. Like, there were some people that just annoyed me. Like, every time I saw them, my anxiety level went up. You know what I'm talking about? For some of you, it's the person sitting beside you right now, but we're not going to talk about that because I want you to go home with them too. Anyway, um, I'm I'm just going to wait till y'all laugh. Thank you. Ooh, man, tough crowd this morning. 
Uh, everybody have like coffee? Okay, let's try that again. So you can even got anybody that like annoys you, like causes your anxiety to rise. You know, it might be the person sitting beside of you, but don't say that, okay? <laughs> Thank you. Whew. Let me do this. I think you'll laugh at me because if I self-deprecate humor, you'll take that better. Let me tell a story about myself. Um, we spent the second half of our Christmas vacation in Alabama at my sister-in-law's house. And my brother-in-law, her husband, has a, you, you know how uh, Nintendo started making the little small Super Nintendo systems, like the tiny ones? You know, it's got like all the games loaded on it. You don't have to do the cartridges anymore. It's just basically like a computer with a Super Nintendo shell. Yep. He's got one of those, and, um, and, and, and Lex and Cole were playing it, and it's got Street Fighter on it. I don't know if it's Street, yeah, I don't know if it's like Street Fighter 2 or Street Fighter 2 Extreme Double Plus. I don't remember which one it had on there. But it had Street Fighter on it. And I'm watching Lex and Cole play, and I'm thinking about when I played Street Fighter, and I'm like, I am going to whoop up on my boys <laughs> with Street Fighter. They think they know what they're doing. I'm about to Ryukin all over their little hind ends, okay? So uh, Lex, is, Lex has chosen the sumo guy, and he's, he's discovered that the, uh, one of the special moves for him is just to hit B real fast, and his arm extends, and he just punches a lot, and he's wiping the floor with Cole, and I'm thinking, oh, I, I'm going, as soon as I get that controller, it's all going to come back to me, and I'm going to destroy him. And so uh, he, he invited me to play with him, and I took the controller, and nothing came back to me. And he absolutely killed me on the game. And then I said, all right, let's play again. I'm going to change my character. This is my character's fault. I can't fight that guy. And so he did it again, and he did it again, and I started getting so annoyed. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, you haven't even hit puberty yet. I will pull every little hair out of your armpits. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. <laughs> this is totally embarrassing to admit, but uh, I had a horrible attitude. I quit, okay? I, like, I looked at him. I was like, dude, this isn't fun for me. Like, I'm serious. I'm, don't judge me. Um, I, I was like, look, this isn't fun. If you're just going to stand there and hit B all the time, and I can't even get a hit in on you. So I quit, and you know what I did? I pulled out my phone, and I Googled the special moves because I was like, I'm going to take him down, and I did. Uh, because I learned, learned what I had forgotten. I Googled the special moves, and I came back with the little girl, uh, the, the Chun-Li, and I just destroyed him. Like, I annihilated him. And, and, like, at first, he was laughing at me. He was taunting me. He's 11, and he's looking at me, and he's going, <laughs> So I wiped the floor with him. I did it, man. I, I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> Frustration... Sometimes frustration will bring a reaction out of you. Now, I, actually, I have gone back and apologized because my attitude was horrible, okay? It was terrible. I pulled him out. I was getting ready for this. I was like, man, my attitude stunk. I caught him in my office. I said, hey, man, i got to apologize. You remember this? And he's like, yeah. I said, my attitude was terrible, and I didn't make that fun at all. And he was like, it's cool. I don't even remember, whatever. <laughs> I remember. God's, like, convicting me now while I'm trying to prepare a sermon. Anyway. Here's what I've discovered. Here's the point. Here's why I wanted to tell you that story. Sometimes we don't change something until we get bothered by it. Here's, here's what I've discovered. So we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll pray about it. We'll sing about it. 
We'll listen to sermons about it. We'll preach about it. But if you keep tolerating it, nothing's going to change. Nothing will change until you get irritated enough and you say enough is enough. I'm not going to spend one more second being frustrated, annoyed, and, and, and bothered. I'm going to change this. We, there are things in our lives that we will not change until we get bothered by them. I look around our city. I look around our region, and there are things that bother me. I don't know about you, but I get, uh, there, there are macro things that bother me. When I look at our world, I get bothered by racism. Like that bothers me. That bothers me deep in the very core of who I am. I, I get bothered by, by sexual abuse. That, that bothers me that people would be taken advantage of or, or discriminated against simply because of their gender. That bothers me. I get bothered that, that sex trafficking happens right here in Hampton Roads. Like, those are big issues, but they bother me. But I also, I also get bothered when I talk to a guy and he tells me his marriage is, like, completely on the rocks and it's hanging by a thread and, and he doesn't know what the future holds and they're about to get divorced. Like, like I get bothered by that. I get frustrated when I meet people who are finding fulfillment in their life. I get, I get frustrated and annoyed when I see people self-medicating through alcohol and, and, and going out. Like, like, look, I don't care what you like, believe theologically about drinking. If you're self-medicating to numb the pain in your life, that's not good. I don't care if you're doing it through alcohol, binge watching TV, or, 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 or never leaving the movie theater. If there's, some, there, if there's a pain in your life that you're self-medicating, you need to bring that pain to Jesus and find healing. Not try to mask over it so you don't feel that way anymore. So I get bothered when I see that. I get frustrated. You see motivation can come from all kinds of different places. Motivation can come from vision. That's what we talked about last week. We talked about how, how Caleb and Joshua, they saw the promised land, and they're like, we can do this. Motivation can come from vision, but motivation can also come from frustration. I'm sick and tired of the status quo. I'm not going to do it anymore. Motivation can be, can be funny like that. It can come from a lot of different places. Those of you who consider yourself like uh, armchair theologians, you're going to get a kick out of this. Put, put, put this in your theological pipe and smoke it. Here's, here's where we're going today. Here's where we're going. Check this out. Until we learn to bother God, until we learn to bother God, we'll never step into the promise he has waiting for us. Think about that. Now, I know some of you are real uncomfortable with that. You're like, oh, I don't bother, bother God. Did Pastor Josh just say we have to bother God? Yeah. And until we learn how to bother God, there are things in our life that we'll never see fulfilled. We have to bother God until the point he reacts. Now, that might make you uncomfortable, but you're going to see in this story that, that what we think, maybe what we think is bothering God is actually blessing God. And maybe what we think bothers him blesses him. What if God wants to be bothered by you and me? What if God wants to be brought to that point of annoyance that we just keep coming back for more? 
I think that some of us are in store. We're in store for a breakthrough. We're in store for a, a restoration. That, that There's some of us in the room, we need healing. We need a miracle. Right here at Vertical Church, we're praying that God would, would break us through the 200 barrier that keeps 85% of churches uh, crushed beneath its weight. But we will never experience that until we learn to bother God. Until we learn to come to him over and over again, until we feel like we are bothering him. If you don't believe me, let's look at Luke 18. Check this out. Jesus is teaching this parable. Luke 18, verse 1. Before he even goes into it, look what he says. Again, he says, Jesus tells his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Have you ever come to the crossroads in your life where you've been wondering, I've, I've been praying this for so long. Is it time that I give up on it? Is, is anybody in this room know what I'm talking about? Like you come to that moment, that, that, that moment, the, the crossroads in your life where you're like, I don't know if I can keep believing. I've been seeking God for years for this. There's this promise that he's given me. I've been declaring his word over my life. Pastor Josh, I'm at this moment. Do I stick or do I quit? Can anybody in the room identify with what I'm talking about? I've got good news for you. If that's you, if you've ever wondered, should I keep dreaming? Should I keep believing? Should I keep praying? Jesus has an answer for you, and it's found in this parable. Luke 18, check this out. This parable has... Um, two characters, a judge and a widow. Now, we know that the judge doesn't fear God or fear what people think about him. He's a horrible human being, right? Just terrible human being. Doesn't care about God, doesn't care about people, okay? And then there's this widow. And the thing you need to know about a widow in this culture, okay, this is not, I'm not saying this is how it should be, I'm just saying this is how it was in this culture, because she's a widow, she has virtually no influence. Any influence, because she's a female, that she had was connected to her dead husband. Now she is living at the mercy of either her, her brother-in-law or her eldest son. And she's coming to some kind of dispute, probably with one of those, and she needs somebody to, to, to be her Voice. She needs somebody to stand up for her. She needs somebody to show her compassion. So she goes to the only person in her town that she can go to, and that's the local judge, because the local judge would handle civil disputes like this. So she goes to him, and he's like, look, woman, I don't care about God. I don't care about humanity. I don't care about you. Get out of here. And she comes back the next day, and she says, hey, I'm back. I need, I need some justice here. And he says, get out. Okay. Next day, hey, I'm back. It's me again. You again? What are you doing here? Get out. All right. She leaves. Come back to the next day. What? Uh, I need justice. Uh, by the way, judge, I'm, I'm going to keep knocking on your door until you give me what I came for. So I'll just keep showing up. And finally, look, it says, it says, it doesn't say that he's like moved with compassion. No, he doesn't get moved with compassion. He has no compassion. It doesn't say he had a spiritual awakening and God revealed to him that he should grant this woman justice. No, what does it say? He got so bothered by her that he gave her what she, she bothered her way to a blessing. And Jesus says, pay attention 
to this story. And you might be thinking, well, that's kind of weird. I've never really thought about that. Um, it's kind of strange, but, but that's just one story. That's just one example. Surely that's not how God wants us to operate in our prayer life. Like, no, 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 no. Okay, Luke 11, Jesus tells another parable right after teaching his disciples how to pray. He does the Lord's Prayer in the first part of Luke 11, then he immediately breaks into this story about two friends. He says there are two friends. One friend is already home. He's already got his kids in bed. He's already given them their melatonin gummies and put them away. <laughs> Parents know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, He's already shoved him in their room, shut the door, and now he's in bed, and then he, the other friend shows up. Hey, I've got some company, and uh, I ain't got no bread. Can you give me some bread? And the guy's like, my kids are in the bed. They're asleep. You're going to wake them up. Leave me alone. And the other friend's like, no, get out of your bed and come give me some bread. I didn't mean that to rhyme, but get up and come give me some bread. I need some bread. No, I'm not giving you any bread give me bread. And Jesus says, Jesus says this. He says, the, the friend who's in the bed, he won't get up because of their friendship, but he'll get up and give him bread. He says this phrase. It's awesome. He says, because of his shameless audacity. I wonder if there's anybody at Vertical Church who has shameless audacity in their prayer life. Anybody coming to God saying, God, I need bread. I need bread today, God. I need bread. I'm going to show up tomorrow. God, give me bread. God, I'm going to keep knocking until you open this door. God, I need bread. I need bread. I need bread. Jesus calls that Jesus calls that shameless audacity. Well, that's really cool. That's really cute. That's New Testament. What about Old Testament? Jacob, the grandson of Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob is in the middle of the wilderness and he falls asleep one night and, and, and the spirit of God, God himself comes and begins wrestling with Jacob. And then God looks at Jacob and says, Hey, Jacob, the sun's about to rise. I got to get out of here. Let me go. And Jacob says, no, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. He says, let me go, Jacob. The sun's about to come up. I got places to go. No, God, I will not let you go until you bless me. I'm going to bother you, God. I'm going to hold on to you, God. I'm going to keep showing up, God, until I get what this is about. Amen. I love in this parable that Jesus used the word bother because it has such a negative connotation. Like you're looking at me going, this can't be right. <laughs> this cannot be right. Surely God is not some evil judge that we have to bother. Exactly. That's the point Jesus is making. That's the dramatic effect of a parable. Jesus is saying, look, this, this judge was moved to grant this request because he got bothered. How much more then will your father who loves you, whose heart is full of compassion for you, give you anything you ask for if you keep asking? That's what the parable is about. Jesus isn't suggesting that we Father God, if that was even possible. He's giving us a practical handle to understand what it looks like when you keep showing up and praying and asking God to do something and it doesn't seem like it's happening. Jesus gives us a practical handle so that we can put some, some words and understandings to the feeling that we have inside called persistence. You see, the power of prayer is in our persistence. How persistent are we? What was the very, the very first words of Luke 18? Jesus is going to teach them a parable. 
How to pray and what? Not give up. How to pray and not give up. So you're in your life and you're like, well, Pastor Josh, I've been praying this prayer for, gosh, five, six years now. I've been seeking God. I've been asking him to do this thing, and he's just, he's just not doing it. I would say to you, well, do you feel like you're bothering God? Well, no, I don't really feel like I'm bothering God. Well, keep praying because you're not there yet. And you would say, well, I, uh, do I feel like I'm bothering God? Well, kind of. Well, keep going because you're finally on to something. God's about to move for you. You finally reached the point of perseverance because the power of our prayer is in our perseverance. I, God, I can't control your performance, but I can control my persistence. I can't control you moving, but I can control me asking. And I think God is honored when we keep showing up. But I think God is honored by our persistence. I think God is honored when he sees his people and his people are like, God, I'm not giving up here. I'm not stopping. I'm going to bother you until you bless me. Think about this, guys. If, if we don't care enough to bring our requests continually before God, why do we expect him to respond? I get so sick and tired of people saying, Pastor Josh, can you pray for my family? We're in a really tough spot right now. Okay, cool. Well, are you continually coming before God? Are you continually worshiping God? Are you, are you chasing after God? Well, no, I'm just going to ask you to do it. Why? Listen, I'm not trying to put words in God's mouth, but why would he think that we care anything about what we're praying for if we're not willing to beat down the door of heaven until he opens it up? And grants us what we're asking. Why would God. Why would he think it's important to us. If we're not willing to persist. In the asking. To the point where we feel like we're bothering him. If you don't feel like you're bothering God. You're not persisting. If you don't feel like you're getting on God's nerves. You're not persisting. What does waiting on God look like? It looks like I'm going to God. I'm going to keep asking you. Until you either tell me. Either, either you change my heart. In this request. Which, God, I'll ask you and I'll say, God, if, if there's an impure motive, Lord, then change me. God, either you change me or you do this. Now, not, God's not like we don't order God around. But listen, this is what Jesus, I'm just preaching to you this parable. He said, he said, this widow bothered her way into receiving what she had been asking for. And he says, I want you to use this as a model for your prayer life. How to learn to pray and never Give up. It's it's the new year, right? Like um, after the, the new year, everybody makes resolutions, you know. And it's 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 January twenty first. How many of you have already given up on your resolution? Anybody? Yep. One person admits, right? Everybody else is like. <laughs> one of the one of the top two or three resolutions every year, of course, is I'm going to get fit, right? Like I'm going to get fit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go to the gym. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to make it happen. And, um, and that's cool. That's awesome. Like, if you did that, like, go for it, man. Like, keep going, keep going. But here's what happens in my life. I'm just going to be real with you, okay? I'll be like, all right, turn of the year, I'm going to get fit this year. This year, I'm going to be better at 38 than 28. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Your Jubilee, all that. Like, right now, 38. Okay. So, <laughs> one month, I'm, I'm going strong. Two months, but by month three, like I look in the mirror and I'm like, I don't see no gains. Where are my gains? If you don't know what a, if you don't know what gains are, it's like improvement, it's progress, right? 
And so here's what we do. Like we get to like month two or three and it's like, where's my gains? God, I need some gains. I, I feel like that actually like describes a lot of church people, you know, like they come to church for a couple of weeks, three weeks in a row or something. And it's like, God, where are my gains? I need some gains. And God's like, you showed up for three weeks. <laughs> gains? A good trainer, a good trainer. If you have a good trainer, this is what they'll tell you. Well, how many times a week you've been coming to the gym? Three. Well, you need to come four. You've been coming in the morning. Well, you need to come at night too, because your gain is in your again. You want gains? Do it again. You want gains? Do it again. Do it again. Keep coming. Keep going. You've been coming Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Come Tuesday and Thursday too. If you want gains, you need to do it again. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you're tracking. Let me do it this way. God would say, if you want gains in your spiritual life, you need to pray again. If you want gains, you need to open your Bible and read again. You've got to worship again. You've got to ask again. You've got to believe again. You've got to come again to me. If you want gains, you've got to do it again. Because your gain is in your again. You ever wonder? This is the weirdest part of the story, okay? This is why it makes it a really weird story. We're almost wrapped up, those of you who are wondering. <laughs> what? what is your reputation like in heaven? Have you ever thought about this? Like, what is your reputation with God? And the reason I ask that is, look at this story. This is a weird part, okay? Look at this. Uh, I think this is verse 4 and 5. For some time he, the judge, refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, she's persistent, I will see that she gets justice. And then look at this, so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Now, in the original language, this is the weird part. That word attack, do you know what it literally means? I'm not stretching this at all. This is the literal definition of the word attack. This is what he says. Uh, so that she won't eventually come and punch me in the face. <laughs> Literally, the word means to strike under the eye. Like that's, it, takes, it takes the word strike and under the eye and puts them together, and that's the word attack. This judge says, look, this woman's got a reputation. If I don't give her what she wants, she's going to punch me in the face. What is your rep reputation? How do you get a reputation like this woman had? Who is this woman? This woman's attitude's like, look, I'm going to get justice or I'm going to cut you. <laughs> you get a reputation like that through repetition. Repetition creates reputation. What you do over and over and over creates the reputation that you have. What's your reputation like with God? This judge knew this woman. He knew her reputation. If I don't give her what she wants, she's going to attack me. What's your reputation like in heaven? Does God know that you're going to pursue him with shameless audacity? And that you're not going anywhere. You're going to keep showing up. God, I'm going to keep repeating. I'm going to keep repeating. God, I'm going to keep repeating until you change me or you change this. I'm not going to stop. What's your reputation like? I want, to be, I want to be known as a generous person, so I repeat giving. Because repetition 
creates reputation. I want to be known as a truthful person. So I repeat honesty, truthfulness. I want to be known as a man after God's own heart. So I repeat worship and I repeat praise. When we sing a song and I'm not playing and the words say, lift up your hands, guess what I do? I lift up my hands because I don't want to be a person known for lying in worship. <laughs> I lift up my hands when the song says, I want to be known as a person full of faith, so I repeat scripture. I want to be known as a person who sees the miraculous happen in his life, so I repeat prayers over and over and over until God comes through or he changes my heart. We got to have, listen, we've got to have, we've got to have four or five prayers that are just absolutely ridiculous. Laughable. If you told your homeboy or homegirl, they would be like, you're really coming to God with that? You really think God is going to do that for you? And it's kind of like, I don't know, but I read these stories in scripture and, and I see God do these things. And I think maybe if I knock long enough, maybe if I ask long enough, maybe if I seek long enough, maybe God will grant me my request and give me some bread. Maybe if I keep knocking on the door, it'll open. I don't know, but, but I, I, I read these stories, and there it is. And, and I believe my gain is in my again, so I'm going to do it again and again and again and again until I can't do it anymore. Listen, I don't know how to get miracles. I just know how to be persistent. I don't know how to control what God does. I just know how to keep showing up every day. Here we are, God, bothering you again. Until you answer us or change our heart, God, we're going to show up. God, I'm not going to stop. Listen, I'm not going to stop praying that we break 200 just because the fast ends. When the fast ends, I'm not going to stop praying. God, I'm here today. I'm showing up again. God, we got to do this. Lord, we're not going to be stuck in the majority of 85%. God, we're going to be in the minority. I'm not going to settle for the status quo, God. God, we got to move into territory we've never been in, God. Lord, I'm not going to stop until this is a place of refreshing where miracles can happen. God, I'm not going to stop knocking until dry bones stand up and live. God, I'm not going to stop knocking until thirsty men and women are filled with the Spirit of God. God, I'm not going to stop knocking until you do something that blows my mind. Here I am, God. I'm bothering you again today. And either you're going to change me or you're going to change this. But I can't live this way anymore. I can't live with status quo Christianity. I can't live with a neutered form of the power of God. I've got to know that you're real. I cannot live my life never seeing you move mightily on my behalf. So here I am, God. If I'm bothering you, here I am. Is that you? Would that describe your attitude? Because it's got to describe our church if we're going to go places we've never been. If we're going to see what we've never seen, we've got to be willing to do what we've never done. We've got to be willing to show up every day. Here I am, God, bothering you again. Last thing, and then we'll pray. Here's something you have to know. You have to get this in your head. No, it's just part of the process. No's just part of the process. You're going to face a lot of no's on your way to the promise. Because this is how God works. He gives us a promise, and it's not right there. It's, on a, it's a journey. And so we got to get there. we got to walk there. And when we get there, we realize that, like, this is awesome. Then God gives us another promise, and it's further out, and we got to make that trip. 
What have you given up on in your life just because you got to know? Just because you knocked one time and the door didn't open. And you thought, wow, I guess I should just give up. I guess this is not God's will for my life. I guess, this, I guess God doesn't want me to have this breakthrough. I guess God doesn't want this marriage to be healed. I guess God doesn't want to save my kids. I guess God doesn't want to heal my physical body. I'm just going to give up. What have you given up on just because you heard no? Because here's what I know about God. No today doesn't always mean no tomorrow. Sometimes when we think God is saying no, God is just saying not yet. Amen. Keep coming. Because in your coming to me, I'm going to do something in your life that will make you fit to handle the blessing that you're asking for. If I gave you what you wanted right now, it would crush you. But I've got to do a work in your life to, 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 to firm up your foundation so that when you get the blessing that I'm ready to give you, you can hold it. So keep coming. Keep coming. Keep showing up. Keep knocking on my door because I'm doing a work in your life. And I'm making you stronger. And I'm causing you to trust me more. And the blessing won't be a curse when you receive it. It'll be a blessing. Let me pray for you this morning. Lord, we thank you, God, for what we believe you're doing in our church. Lord, I believe you're taking us to a place we've never been before. God, I believe you're taking us into depths that we've never been before, into truth that we've never been before, into blessing that we've never been before, God. But you've got to solidify the foundation. You've got to firm up the, the foundation so that the blessing can be sustained. Lord, we don't want to break 200 one week and then drop back down to 120 the next because we can't handle the growth, because we don't have enough leaders. We don't have enough mature believers to disciple new men and women. No, God, we want to be strong and ready so that when you release the blessing, we can hold it. We can sustain it. Firm up our foundation, God. Right now, while we're in this moment of prayer, if there's something that you've given up on in your life, not because God changed your heart about the matter, but because you heard no and you just decided to quit, I want you right now to take a chance and believe again. I want you right now, just in this moment of prayer, to come before God and say, God, I, I'm real nervous coming to you because I would already settled it in my heart. Some of you have settled things in your heart that God never wanted you to stop praying about. You've just given up on. And so reawakening that dream feels real nervous. And, 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 and you're afraid that you're going to be let down again. And God doesn't want you to be fearful. He just wants you to keep coming because he's doing something in your life in the asking. He's doing something in your life in the praying and the seeking after him. And he wants you to keep coming so he can keep working in your life. And then the thing that you've been praying for, he'll set on top of you and it'll bless you instead of destroy you. Just, just right now, if there's something you've given up on, just bring it to him and say, say, God, here I am. I'm going to, I'm going to do it again, God. I'm going, to, I'm going to believe again for this. I'm going to trust again for this. I'm going to, I'm going to hope again that, that you'll move in this area of my life.
For some of you, it might be a job. For some of you, it might be a, a kid. For some of you, it might be a spouse. For some of you, it might be a parent that you have a horrible relationship with. For some of you, it might be, it might be a neighbor or it might be a dream that you've had, a, a vision of a ministry God wants you to birth. It might be a, 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 an entrepreneurial thing that God wants you to launch and you've been praying and, and believing and you've given up on it. And God, right now, he wants to reawaken that dream in your life. And he wants you to pray again. Trust again. Worship again. Your gain is in your again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We trust you, God. This is all for you, and it's all about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.